You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo with Peter Elves. Peter, how are we doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Turkey Day, the best holiday of the year. It's your favorite holiday of the year. Yes, football, pie, turkey, if you like turkey. So I'm going to ask you a series of Thanksgiving questions, not trivia, like you did on the Bow Sox, but just... No, I got screwed over. On the <laughs> I'm just going to ask you your opinion on certain dishes and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm curious, we're going to save that for the end, because I'm very curious about what you think about certain foods that you very interesting to me. But Peter, since we've kind of slacked the last couple of weeks, dropping on a Friday this week, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, one day before Thanksgiving. I mean, we can't work on Thanksgiving. No, no. And you know what? We, we, we want everyone to enjoy the Thanksgiving. So we understand where people are coming from. We get it. People are going to watch high school football in the morning, maybe, and watch some NFL football. Watch the parade. A little, watch the parade, Macy's Day Parade. Have some food, some dessert. Anything else on Thanksgiving? Nah, that's about it. That's about it, right? I mean, maybe if uh, some families go outside and oh, yeah, whatever. Like backyard football? Yeah, if it's not like 12 degrees. So, but yeah, it's overall a good holiday. So uh, we'll save that fun stuff for the end. So keep on listening if you want the fun stuff. The serious stuff, Peter, speaking of serious. I went one and four last week. It was probably my worst week of the football slate through 11 weeks. I was one and four. My only win was the Steelers plus six over the Chargers on Sunday night football. My losses were Green Bay minus two. Uh, they ended up losing to the Minnesota Vikings from a last second field goal. I lost the Dallas Cowboys plus two and a half over the Chiefs. The Chiefs uh, won the game pretty convincingly. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense weren't able to get anything going. And the Chiefs defense looked better than it has all year. My other loss was the Saints plus two uh, over the Eagles. And the Saints lost again. Uh, the Saints, for the better part of this game, were getting blown out. Uh, Nick Sariani, who we mock every single week, has put together a couple wins in a row. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to get too much into a tangent right here, Peter, but are the Eagles for real? Uh, I got to give them more time, but they're fighting for the seventh seed, which is absolutely crazy. Do you think they have a real, is there a realistic path for them? Yeah, because the Panthers suck and the Saints are terrible now. So, yeah. Okay, I guess that's. I mean, the 49ers are a problem. Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's unlikely, but they're winning more than I anticipated they would. Uh, Like, I thought the Saints would win this game comfortably. And then my last loss uh, was the Giants plus 11 over the Bucks. Uh, the Bucs offense got back in rhythm. The Bucs defense got back in rhythm. Daniel Jones had one of the worst games I've ever seen from him. Um, and it ended up resulting in Jason Garrett being fired as Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator after 26 games. So Garrett was relieved af- of his duties after about a year and a half. He's a scapegoat to avoid Joe Judge. You know what? I think he's the he's scapegoat. scapegoat for Dan- uh, Daniel Jones. There, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. He's the scapegoat of Daniel Jones. Now, was Jason Garrett good for the Giants? I mean, it's tough to tell, but no, he wasn't. The offense didn't improve under him. The Giants spent a lot of money in the offseason on high-profile offensive playmakers. None of that came to fruition, and that was one of the big reasons why I think Garrett was let go. But something else 
to keep in mind here with Jason Garrett, a little bit to defend him per se. Again, not I again I, I agree with the decision, but if you want to make a case for Jason Garrett here, uh, he was the offensive coordinator for 26 games. Would you like to guess how many games Saquon Barkley was active for? Uh, let's see, uh, seven games. He was active for eight games, and two of them he left the game in the first half due to an injury. So he had a healthy Saquon Barkley for six of his 26 games. So you drew the math on that one. Uh, Barkley was a huge part of that offense. Without him, nothing was able to go. I've gone a huge engine. I wonder where he's going to go and how much is he going to get paid. Jason Garrett? No, Barkley. Oh, Barkley. I think Barkley could be a trade commodity in the offseason because I think Dave Gettleman, the general manager of the Giants, is likely gone. But that'll be an interesting scenario because when Barkley's healthy, he's one of the best backs in the league. But who wants to pay him that, especially after that knee injury? It's a very slippery slope for a lot of teams. But overall, Daniel Jones is to blame. He is not the future in New York. That was evident on Monday night with the bad decisions in year three, the overthrows, the pre-snap penalties, the pre-snap failure to read the defense. Uh, however you want to slice it, it falls on Daniel Jones. And I think ultimately the Giants are going to have a real decision on their hands. But how did your picks go? Well, I went two and three. Remember all the picks that we uh, lined on? We all, all, all lost together. Shocker. <laughs> All lost, as, as you said, the Saints, Cowboys, and Giants all together. Win the Colts plus seven and a half. We'll talk about that in a second. Bills are absolutely frauds. And I hit my premium pick for the fourth week in a row. Texans plus 11. It was so gross, but I called that. You did. That was very ultimate impressive. Tra- ultimate trap game. And Peter, I think you might have said that I'd have to listen back, but I recall you saying the Texans would win the game. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. To be fair, I did say the Panthers were going to win the game, too. Oh, yeah, you did. And you know who called you out on that? Matt Cunha called you out. And you need a new co-host now. So like, <sighs> I know. Matt Cunha called you right out. In our group chat with the three of us, shout out Matt for doing our graphics. It was like, hey, Peter, just listen to the pod, and the Panthers lost. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's not. Listen, we'll get there, but it's not Cam Newton's fault. I agree. I agree. So, honestly, Peter, after the Texans won, in the Colts one, I thought you were going to go five and zero. Oh. oh no way! <laughs> I really did. I really did because those were two solid victories for you. Like the Colts, that was an upset. It's in it in Buffalo. Um, that's a big win for that franchise, and it's a huge win for the AFC playoff standings. And the Texans, who would have ever guessed the Texans, who were arguably the worst team in the AFC, would beat the Titans, the number one seed. Listen, Just Peter McCauley should get closer to the year to win. More, than, wins, more than Dan Campbell. No, All right. So, Peter, you kind of teased a little bit um, of the wa- – we'll start with this game, yeah. You teased the Washington football team Panthers game. Let's talk a little bit about it. So, again, you were very high on the Panthers winning the game. I mean, it's true. I thought Cam Newton was going to ball out. He balled out two touchdowns, I think. I mean, McCaffrey looked good. He, he's rejuvenated DJ Moore. I mean, Robbie Ennis is nowhere to be found. It's just sad. Yep. But their defense, I mean, Taylor Heineke will get up that defense. Panthers yeah, he did. I think Heineke had one of his best games of the season, and he's kind of slumped the last couple weeks. Uh, he started off the year hot. Everyone says it's like that Heineke magic where he kind of just pulls stuff out in the fourth quarter. I think he had a little bit of that in this game against Carolina. Uh, him and Cam Newton, like we just talked about, uh, they both played pretty well. Uh, starting off with Cam Newton in his season debut as a starting quarterback. He was 21 of 27 for 189 yards and two touchdowns. He had a QBR of 64.8 and a quarterback rating of 120.5. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had 10 carries for 59 yards. 
Uh, Christian McCaffrey also had seven receptions for 60 yards. Uh, in terms of Taylor Heineke, uh, best game of the year, in my opinion, for him. 16 to 22, 206 yards, three touchdowns, QBR of 92.5. So you remember that's a scale out of 100. So that's really good. And a quarterback rating of 141.3. Uh, he played really well, especially in the second half. And I think that was the difference maker. Uh, they ended up outscoring the Panthers in the second half, 13 to seven, made all the difference in the world. Washington wins 27, 21, Washington improves to four and six Carolina falls to five and six. Yeah. I mean, Washington's on the rise, I guess the Panthers are sliding down. As you said, they're injured and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs though. So So you're out, you're out. You were hot and you're out. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't like the Panthers anyway. You're the big Panthers guy. I am the Panthers guy. I love, but Don- I, I love Donald. I love Matt Rule. Blah, 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 blah. I was, but I think ultimately when they decided to sign Cam Newton, they were banking on one of two things. One, Cam Newton finds somehow a late resurgence of his NFL career and pivots them into a playoff spot, or they want to sell a bunch of tickets at the end of the season. And, and he's getting both of those. It wasn't yeah, I, we'll see. We'll tickets. see. I mean, we still need a couple more games of a sample. Now, if the Campos, uh, if the Panthers lose three in a row from here, and they're like five and nine, then that's an L. But if they are competitive, and they compete for a playoff spot under Cam Newton, that's a win because the team will get some playoff success, um, and especially a young team like Carolina who will have a lot of young building blocks. That's beneficial. Uh, sure, they have some veterans on the team like Cam Newton, and Stephon Gilmore, and Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, but they have some young guys, especially on that defense. Another game, Peter, that we want to talk about here is Buffalo Bills and the Colts. So this was a game that I thought Buffalo would win pretty handily. I wasn't sold on the Indianapolis Colts until this week. And now I think the Colts are a legitimate threat in the AFC. Uh, They ended up rolling over the Buffalo Bills, 41-15. to Carson Wentz, he didn't really do much. He was 11 of 20, 106 yards and a touchdown. He stayed out of the way. Uh, The real... Five-star player here was Jonathan Taylor. 32 carries, 185 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, He was awesome in this game. Ran over a Buffalo Bills defense who many say is the best in the NFL. I believe they're second in points per game. Uh, They're top three in DVOA. Uh, All the statistical categories, uh, they're right up there. And they got destroyed, especially on running the football. Now, on the other side, Josh Allen, I think he struggled a little bit. 21 of 35, 209 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks quarterback rating of 41 and the bills were not able to get anything going running the football they only had 91 yards running uh 51 from matt breda 18 from josh allen 17 from devin singletary and five from zach moss i believe that offense is becoming too much of a one-dimensional offense under brian dable they need to change that if they want to do anything in the afc so i'm give me your thoughts on the colts i mean i told uh, on the colts first of all i mean I agree. I think they're the most dangerous team in the AFC. I don't think anybody wants to face them, especially Jonathan Taylor running for his life. I think Jonathan Taylor might win MVP. I don't think any Ooh, okay. quarterback. I don't think any quarterback's balling out anymore. Yeah, Stafford has kind of hit a little bit of a low point. Uh, Brady, he's thrown a couple interceptions. Kyler Murray's been hurt. Lamar Jackson just missed this past Sunday. Josh Allen should never been a, should never have been in the MVP conversation. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, Derrick Henry. I mean, is hurt now, and he's he's done clearly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he he might get a couple votes. I think he's going to be right in the conversation for offensive player of the year. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think he should win the going away. Even no MVP, yeah, MVP. It's a, it's a different animal because that just seems like such a quarterback centric award. Yeah, I just can't like think of a quarterback. Yeah, in the world on fire though. There's still again like five or six more yeah. games in the season, so Stafford come could come back after the bye and throw 14 touchdowns and no picks. So who knows? Uh, but I think it's a big win for the Colts. It was a statement win, uh, giving them life in terms of competing for the division and or a wild card spot. Yeah, they, in the will, Bills. they will win the wild card spot. I think they're going to get a seven seed at least. Yeah, the, take what? Three wins in a row. I don't think any team wants to play them. No, I, I, they're a tough team. Uh, they have a good offensive line. They run the ball. Uh, Carson Wentz, he's the wild card. Now, if you get him on a good day, your defense is in good shape. But if Wentz is balling or he's just kind of deferring like he matters. should be doing, Jonathan Taylor's going to run for like exactly. Yards. It doesn't matter. If but here's the thing: Can Carson Wentz be willing to be a passenger in this offense? I don't know that yeah. yet. Take the back seat. Be like 2017 where he almost balled out. I, I don't know if he's willing to take that back seat because Carson Wentz, we've seen countless, countless times where he just throws that boneheaded interception. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I want to see in a close game, a 24-21 game where he has to really dictate the game, and I want to see where it goes. But the defense for Indianapolis is no joke. The offensive line is no joke. Michael Pittman is no joke. Jonathan Taylor MVP conversation. So they're right there. Buffalo Bills, on the other hand, uh, Josh Allen is not the 2020 version of himself. Um, I think he's being at, like I just talked about, I think he's being asked to do too much. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. You don't think so? I think the coach, I, I think you have to run John. Uh, I think you have to run Josh Allen way more than you do. I, I don't know why he's not running as much. Because he's going to get hurt. I think yeah, that's like, it doesn't matter. You have no run game. Just tell them to keep well, going. They I, have I know a, you don't want to destroy your franchise quarterback, but you got to do what you got to do. They have no run game because they don't attempt to run. I, I that's what I when I mean when I watched the game, uh, there was multiple different opportunities, especially kind of in Indianapolis territory where they could have gave it to a guy like Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. Zach Moss, who they spent a pretty high draft pick on, and it, they just kind of defer upon that. Now the point of jo- of giving Josh Allen the ball, I understand. I think that that's what that's how they've pretty much gone about their running game. But late in the year, I think teams are kind of getting a little bit of a read on that. And I think that ultimately could hurt the team. Like, I think they need somebody in the backfield that can do some work. If they don't believe in Singletary or Moss, fine. Make something else work, you know. Uh, sign Adrian Peterson. Sign, I don't know, whoever you want. Phil Lindsay, who just got released. I mean, whoever. If you don't, I just think you need some sort of run game. Josh Allen isn't Lamar Jackson. Uh, despite the fact that he's built like Ben Roethlisberger, he can take the hits. I just think Josh Allen is better served dropping back to pass about 35 times. Um, and I think he's dropping back to pass way more than that. He's thrown the ball over 40 times um, I uh, six different occasions this year. And in losses this year, Allen's attempted 51 attempts, 47, 47, and 35. So that seems like a common denominator is when they're just having Allen chuck it all over the field. He's not the type of quarterback that can do that successfully. I mean, I know a lot of people like the guy. I think he's a good quarterback, but he's not elite. Bill's I'll, a fraud. I'll die on that hill. Bill's a fraud. They've won six games. Take out the Chiefs. Who do they beat? Nobody. I agree. Nobody. I agree. Nobody. Last year, they were 13-3. and three. This year, already at four losses. Yeah, they beat nobody. They lost to the Jags. Joke. They lost to the Colts, obviously. Oh, they didn't just lose the Colts. They got destroyed oh, yeah, by 30 did. points. Yeah. yeah. And then they lost the Steelers, obviously. I, I don't know, but it's, you don't even have to click the panic button yet, though. Yeah, the big 
sign for them. Yeah. Twice, it doesn't matter. When they play the Patriots, uh, not this coming Monday, the Monday after. Now that is going to be the sign. If they come out and they lose that game at home Monday night football in Buffalo, then if you're a Bills fan, I think you start to panic. Oh yeah. Till then, sure. I think you kind of well, just I mean, wait. Still in reach. I mean, they still control yeah. their own destiny, sort of. Yeah. They if they beat New England, that's it. Yeah. But if New England beats them, they have no shot. And then I think they're going to be have to fight for a wild card spot, which I don't believe is guaranteed for them. If they lose both games to New England, that'll have them already at six losses, and that's not saying anything else. So do you feel bad for Bills fans? Not at all. I do, I do a little bit. It's, not at all. It's their time, like obviously, Pat's were reloading last year, and then like, yeah. all right, cool, we're going to be top of the AFCs for like three. I just think they got ex- they got exposed. I think McDermott's a little bit of an overrated coach. I think Josh Allen's a little bit of an overrated quarterback. Brian Dable, the shyness kind of came off him after he was probably the most reportedly everyone said he was the most coveted head coaching candidate in the NFL and he didn't even land a job. So yeah, but now the Bills are like, wow, the Patriots are back. Are you stupid? Yep. And they and now and not even in first place in the AFC East anymore. So crazy. Uh next game, Cowboys Chiefs. Uh we both picked the Cowboys in this game. Both were wrong. Uh Patrick Mahomes he didn't play his best game of football, but he did enough to get the win. He was 23 of 37, 260 yards. He did throw an interception. Uh, he had a QBR of 45.8 and a quarterback rating of 71.9. The Chiefs got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back. He had 12 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also had two receptions for 13 yards. Uh, but I think the real story was the Cowboys' offense not able to get anything going. So the Cowboys lost CeeDee Lamb during this game with a concussion, and they also lost Amari Cooper uh, due to COVID protocols. Uh, they lost him, I believe it was Saturday of the last week. So the Cowboys came into this game, well, they finished this game with Michael Gallup and Wilson as their two leading receivers, uh, and they struggled. Uh, Dak Prescott, 28 of 43, 216 yards and two interceptions. He had a uh, QBR of 10.0 and a quarterback rating of 57.9. Uh, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard weren't able to get anything going. Uh, Pollard had 50 yards rushing. Zeke had 32 yards rushing. So not good. Not good at all for this Cowboys team. They turned the ball over too much, and they weren't able to get the Chiefs off the field on some critical third downs, especially in their own territory. Sure, they held the Chiefs to some field goals, but they didn't do enough on both sides of the ball. And that ended up being the final result for them. And the Cowboys in the red zone, they were 0-2. Chiefs in the red zone, they were 2-3, and I think that's when the game was won. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand any of these teams, to be honest with you. Cowboys, as you said, I mean, they let the world on fire versus the Falcons, but the last two or three weeks, their offense hasn't shown up. I, I don't know if that's more on Dak not being healthy with his calf or bad coaching all the way around. And then the Chiefs, their defense is going in a form. I mean, they haven't done a lot over there. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't still being Patrick Mahomes. Throughout, throughout the uh, Raiders game, he didn't throw a touchdown versus the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Cowboys' defense is pretty good, but... I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, don't look now, but the Chiefs racked up four wins in a row, and I think they're probably going to run the table or something or do something stupid. So Yeah. I think just based on pedigree alone, if I were to rank the AFC teams, which I may do in an article that releases today, uh, I think the Kansas City Chiefs should be in the conversation for being the best team in the AFC due to the four-game win streak, due to the, just the potential of Patrick Mahomes and what we've seen over the last two years. I think you have to have them in any conversation. They now lead the AFC West. Uh, despite the fact that Mahomes hasn't played that well, uh, he's second in the league with interception. I believe he's thrown 10. I think Ryan Tannehill has the most with 11. Um, so he's turned the ball over. He's had a couple fumbles. And I think a lot of it has to do with teams adjusting to Tyreek Hill. 
along with Mahomes' health status, along with the Chiefs' offensive line, which gave up three sacks in this game. So no, I think I mean, it's a combination. They're playing pretty good, though. Right? Yeah, they're, uh, they're playing better now. The the no, no, not as bad as they were, and especially at the tail end of last season, too. But I do think just due to pedigree alone, winning four games in a row, especially against the Cowboys, going to Vegas to beat the Raiders, those are two pretty good wins. Uh, despite the fact that the Raiders have, call, have fallen off a hill, uh, that's, a, that's a tough place to play, and that's a good win to be had. So give respect to the Chiefs. They're still firmly in the mix in the AFC, despite being overlooked earlier in the season. I think they sh- still should be the favorites in the AFC. All right, uh, let's move on here to the final game that we want to talk about, Sunday Night Football, which was a wild one for me. I think it was one of the most entertaining games of the NFL season. The Chargers hung on to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-37. Justin Herbert, awesome performance, probably his best performance of the season. He was 30 of 41 for 382 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. He had a QBR of 84.6 and a quarterback rating of 116.1. Herbert also had a career high in rushing yards with 90. Uh, Going into the game, uh, his career high in rushing yards was 26. So he had 90. So he did whatever he wanted to uh, inside and outside the pocket. He had a long of 36 yards running the ball. Uh, Keenan Allen had a great game, nine receptions, 113 yards. Uh, Mike Williams continued to produce. He had five receptions for 97 yards. Uh, Justin Herbert spread the football to, I believe it was nine different receivers. Uh, So that's good for that Chargers offense, getting the ball to different guys. Jared Cook, uh, Jackson, Guyton, getting those guys involved is huge. Now the other side of things, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I do think Roethlisberger played well. I'm going to give him his credit here. He was 28 of 44, 273 yards and three touchdowns. He had a QBR of 59.4, quarterback rating of 103.7. Najee Harris running the ball, 12 carries, 39 yards. He wasn't spectacular, but Deontay Johnson was seven receptions, receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown. So this game got wild in the fourth quarter. So I think midway through the fourth quarter, a lot of people expected the Steelers to kind of just go away and the Chargers were expected to cover and just win the game pretty handily. But the Steelers refused to die. And they fought until the very last end of this game. And hats off to them, but it just wasn't enough at the end of the day. So the Steelers ended up outscoring the Chargers in the, in the fourth quarter, 27 to 14. To claw back in this game. Yeah, I mean, the St- Steelers, I mean, Big Ben, I, I'm pretty sure this is the best game of the season. Uh, I like yeah, the offense. Yeah, probably. But this is the key for the Chargers. The only way they can win games, I think, is a shootout. I don't think anybody can keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't understand this team either. I mean, their defense is flawed. I, I think they're a stupid football team. I mean, and that fourth down play, listen, I know the analytics and stuff, that fourth and three or whatever. Yep. Well, I, I, and I know you're Brandon Staley. You're going to do it all the time and just be consistent. That's what I like about any coach. But I, I just don't understand the math. Yeah, I, I understand. So I'm, I'm pro analytics and stuff like that. So I'm totally with you. But on that decision, the analytics should not overstep the opponent. Well, I mean, that's who he is, though. I get it. But you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, an offense who has not played well this season, a passing game that hasn't been able to get anything going. When you're in that situation, you just punt the ball. And if the Steelers beat you, let them drive 80 yards to, to beat you. Have a little bit of faith in your defense that, for the most part, has stayed steady, I guess. And if you can't stop stop Ben Roethlisberger in the Steelers' offense, look, like that's that's just not a recipe for success. You punt the ball in that situation. I think most coaches around the league would probably 
agree with us, I think. Now, obviously, Kevin Stefanski and a couple of others would go for it, but the analytics should be outweighed in that situation. You're playing the Steelers, uh, a passing game that is one of the worst in the NFL, especially when it comes to the intermediate and deep passing game. You know, and that's just as simple as it is. Going into the fourth quarter, the Steelers had 10 points. The moment the, the Steelers lost this game was the a block punt from the Steelers, and they didn't score a touchdown. I, yeah, or I would say when, when I said Steelers can't win this game, I think the game was done when the Steelers got the ball after this, the Chargers did not um, convert that fourth down and they didn't do anything with it. They, they called three bad play calls and that was it. I also like, I think the Steelers in this game, I didn't like their offensive play calling, especially down in the red area. I think they a lot of, made a lot of mistakes there. Najee Harris, I feel like there's something going on there. I thought he would have a little bit of a better season. Now, the numbers might look better than my eyes are telling me. Uh, again, I don't know how many yards rushing he has. I mean, I feel like they're not going to him in goal line situations. So right now he has 685 yards rushing, which is seventh in the NFL. So he's had a good year, but I just thought they would rely on him a little bit more. I don't know. He's only averaging, how many yards attempt is he averaging? 3.6, which is 38th in the league. So he's not having a great year per attempt. I don't know. I just thought that he would have a better year. I thought he would well, impact I mean, the offense so more. Yeah, so it's bad. it's young. They lost a lot of guys, uh, Pouncey and uh, the guards and yeah. throwing away. But like, they lost a lot of guys, so I understand that. But I just anticipated he would be a bigger part of that offense, and he just hasn't been yet. Now, that might change, but the Steelers now are 5-4-1, and one, and the Chargers are now 6-4. and four. If you were to place a bet on which team would make the playoffs, who would it be if one of them get it? The Chargers, because I think they're on offense and going to carry them. I agree, and I think the Steelers team is a little bit sneaky. Like, I think Mike Tomlin has them going in the right, right direction. Like, I think if um, name, that, insert. never been 7-9, right? Yeah, he's yeah, never he's finished uh, below 500. Yeah. Okay. Like, I think if, if this was any other, not any other coach, but if this was, um, name me a random coach. Pete Carroll, because he's going to USC. Idiot. No, I don't want, no, give me a crappy NFL coach. Pete Carroll, sorry. Damn you, Peter. Um, oh, no. Uh, if this was Nick Sariani, um, I think the Steelers are probably 2-7. and seven. Oh, why didn't we or just say Urban Meyer? Oh, we could have said Urban Meyer. Oh, wait, whatever you want to call it, I think Tomlin has his team playing hard and competitive, and I think they're going to be in it till the very end. But have you seen the end of the Steelers' schedule? No. Oh, boy, Peter. Oh, boy, okay. get ready for this one. I need the win-loss. Ready? All right, sure. Uh, so... Uh, Sunday at Cincinnati. Uh, loss. I think they cover, but it's a loss. Um, next week, home against the Ravens. Oh, my God, loss. Uh, next week at Minnesota. Oh, my God. All right. Home against Tennessee. Okay. At Kansas City. There's no way. That, okay. Home against Cleveland. Nah, there you go. There's a W. At Baltimore. Oh my God! They're gonna go one and five. Like if they're gonna be competitive, like I bet scenario, you, they're gonna be two and four. Like I think they'll win probably two or three of those. But exactly, I don't think they're gonna, especially with the AFC kind of being clubbed together. I think they're on the outside looking in. That's sad. That's a tough schedule, man. That is. It's probably the toughest schedule. That's tougher than the Patriots for sure. Yeah. Right. Because the Patriots. Pat's have yeah, a hard schedule. No, they do, but I think I'd rather be the Patriots schedule than than that. <laughs> Oh, like for it, sure. I mean, I'll face the Colts and Bills play in Tennessee. Like, but Pittsburgh's got to go to the on the road to play Baltimore, on the road to play Cincinnati, on the road this to play division though, on the road to play Kansas City, on the road to play Minnesota. Yeah. 
you know, like that's a, that's a tough sled. All right, Peter. So let's talk a little bit about Super Bowl odds here. So we're getting through the NFL season. We're almost to the end, crazy as it sounds. So as it currently stands, according to DraftKings, the Bucks are favored to win the Super Bowl at plus 600. Uh, the Chiefs are second at plus 750. Then it is the Bills at plus 800. Cardinals at plus 900. Cowboys plus 900. Rams plus 900. Packers plus 1,000. Ravens plus 1,400. Patriots plus 1,400. Titans plus 1,800. And then I'll stop there. So of the teams that I just listed, I had the Rams winning the Super Bowl and you had the Browns. Your Browns are plus 4,000. So ah. um, of the teams I listed, who do you believe has the best value? The best value, I'm going to say the Colts at plus 4,000 or the Titans at plus oh, I, I didn't even say the Colts. I screwed you there. Yeah, uh, I think the, the Patriots Titans at plus 1,800. Then. I think the Patriots at plus 1,400 has good value. No, I think that it's overinflated. You think so? Yeah, because I. Still what do you think, think they should be? Like twenty five hundred? Like yeah, they should yeah, have like better odds than twenty five to one, twenty to one. All right, I will know. say they maybe they face the Bills and they. I, I don't know. I, I will. If what if you switch them with Tennessee and they have plus eighteen hundred? No, it's still too short. I think. They but you think the Chargers should have better than them? It the Chargers are plus two thousand. Uh, maybe plus two thousand. I guess I don't know. I mean, listen, you can win four in a row or whatever, but five. Whatever, five in a row. It, Cupcakes, though. I mean, going to LA is no cupcake. All right, all right fine. Get rid of that. Browns had no offense. I mean, the, the Browns weren't a cupcake until, and until even, now. We'll get to the Titans, but they're dead. Well, I will say it's not the Patriots' fault that everybody else sucks. Yeah, I know. I you know. just shit on every single it team in the AFC. It always is what it is, I know. I mean, but how about the NFC side of things? Now, uh, Packers. Uh, you're going to die in the hell, huh? Aaron Rodgers, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's this year. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, I thought that for a little bit, but that loss to Minnesota. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Since the whole COVID thing with the with Packers, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I do think the Rams, I know they're a plus 900. I still think they'll figure it out. I really do. Maybe the Cardinals. I don't know. I, I don't trust any, You know what's weird? Nobody's talking about the Cardinals. Nobody. We don't even talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, because Kyle Murray and Hopkins went out for like three weeks straight. Yeah, and McCole McCoy went 2-1 and one during that stretch. Which is crucial. They beat two division opponents. I mean, and no one's talking about them. And they're probably the best team in football right now, and nobody's talking about them. True. I mean, listen, if you want to pick like a dark horse, pick the Vikings at plus five thousand, or like the Niners at plus five thousand. Just ride it out. Yeah. It, this, uh, this year, there's no favorite like at all. No, it's weird, and I think that's it's really cool. I like how there's not much parity. Like I, I think that's really interesting to see. Nobody's just cleaning house. No, no, and everyone thought it would be the Bucks and Bucks and who would co- Bucks and the Chiefs. Bucks and the Rams in the NFC Championship and the AFC Chiefs and Bills. Yeah, like those were like the tiers, you know. Then of course you had your second tier where it'd be like Baltimore and Green Bay, but that's I felt like overwhelmingly that's what people thought. And you look at the Bills who are clinging to a wild card spot. The Rams are spiraling. The Chiefs were spiraling until they won four straight. And the Bucks have been inconsistent. Yeah, and they're injured. And they're hurt. So, exactly. Anything else in the NFL you want to hit? Uh, just aside, listen, I said this last week because we put this out on Friday. Jay screwed me on the uh, pass. Oh, yes, yes. Minus, you had the seven. Yes. Yes, correct. Zero, thanks. You should be three and two. Yeah, thank you. Yes, my fault. All right, let's talk a little bit of NBA action. So, specifically, Peter. LeBron James, I think 
that little feud that we saw um, was probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen in an NBA game. So just to give a background in case you missed it, in case you live under a rock, uh, Sunday night, the Pistons were facing the Lakers in Detroit. Shout out Noah Ruff in the basket. Uh, and the Lakers were at the time were losing. And the Lakers are a team that have been struggling all year. They've been inconsistent. Injury concerns. LeBron is just getting back on the court. And they were losing to the Pistons, who I believe are like 4-12 and or 5-11, and whatever they are. They haven't been a good basketball team. And the Pistons were winning the game. Now... The Pistons, I believe, were shooting. Was the Pistons shooting a free throw or was it the Lakers? I think it was the Lakers. Okay, the Lakers shooting a free throw. Uh, LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart were trying to box each other out. And LeBron James gave a pretty mean elbow to the face to Isaiah Stewart. And Isaiah Stewart bled out to an extreme amount. And he got very upset, to say the least. Uh, He went at LeBron multiple times trying to fight through teammates, trying to fight through security guards to get to LeBron James. And this went on for like two and a half minutes. Like it was crazy. They had like six guys trying to keep Isaiah Stewart away from LeBron and they just were struggling. So eventually they got him to go to the locker room and then he ran and it looked like he was going to come out of the Lakers side, which is crazy. Like that's something you would see in like the 1980s with like the Celtics 76ers or something. Like that was crazy to me. And the NBA uh, just released suspensions for James and Stewart. Isaiah Stewart received a two-game suspension, and LeBron James received a one-game suspension. So do you believe the suspensions are just? Yeah, I was surprised on the suspensions anyway. I thought Adam Silver was going to be just like a kid with a ball in his hand. I I didn't think he was going to have the balls to suspend LeBron James because he's LeBron James, but he ultimately did it. And service is served, I guess. I mean, it's crazy. That that happened, and I don't, I don't know why, why LeBron like needs to do that. Yeah, I, I think he did it I on purpose, but I don't think he meant to hurt him. I, yeah, yeah, I I, for me, yeah, I think he was frustrated. I, that's how I kind of viewed it as losing to the Pistons. It's a Sunday night. Isaiah Stewart is, uh, he's a tough defensive player, like, and I'm sure he's getting under LeBron's skin. He's physical, especially in the rim, and I think he was probably getting under LeBron's skin. LeBron was pissed that. They were, he was, he wasn't playing well. The team wasn't playing well. The team ended up winning the game actually, but I was surprised that Isaiah Stewart only got two games. I actually thought LeBron would get a game. I thought that was going to be oh, it. I and didn't I think he was going to get a game at all. Oh, I, I did. I figured he'd get one and I thought Isaiah Stewart was going to get five. That was my guess. And I was surprised Isaiah Stewart only got two because Isaiah Stewart was going to, he was going after oh, he's gonna kill them. He was angry. He was going after them. Anyone on the Lakers, he was going after Westbrook. Westbrook got teed up. I think Davis got teed up. Like, there were so many tees going around. And I thought the NBA would surely suspend Isaiah Stewart for more than two games. Like, I was shocked it was only two. I'm not complaining, though, because, I mean, if that's how the NBA wants to conduct their business, it seems like this league, they, this this season has been more physical in the NBA. Uh, the free throw numbers are way down. And the pace of play, I think, has been great. I think guys have had to change the way they played the game. I think James Harden has had to change his game. I even think a guy like Jason Tatum has had to change his game. I think all these superstars that have relied on Tatum doesn't go to the basket. Yeah. But I mean, before I think he would rely on drawing contact and going up for a foul and stuff like that. And his free throw numbers are gone. And I think this has benefited the NBA. It really has. Uh, And Trey young, same thing with him. I think he's another perfect example. 
Um, so when you look at this suspension or this brawl, you want to call it, do you think that the NBA will become more and more physical as the year goes on? I mean, pro- I mean, I guess. like, is this it's like a, a new, a, is this a new era for the NBA? Yeah. I mean, it's the nature of the sport, but it, I feel like it's softened up. It's definitely softened up uh, than it has been since the eighties and the nineties. Now, again, no disrespect, but we have guys vacation together on other teams, like people, friends, whether well, it's shoe businesses, like even movies. Yeah, I'm, exactly. So, yeah, but here's the thing. When Jordan played and when Bird played, he wasn't, I mean, it was just different back then. Now, if there is some more animosity and the league's more physical, I think that's good for the league. So I think a good NBA is when it's physical. Like the, like the 80s, that's what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the NBA has been a pretty good product this year, and I think hopefully if the referees stay consistent with everything, which I believe they will, um, th- they're in a good position. And it for, further proves to me that Adam Silver is the most proactive, proficient commissioner in all of sports. Yeah. It's that simple. He's, he uh, saw yeah. the issue with the too many free throws. Uh, he saw the issues with the pace of play. He saw that, and he made the change like that, Peter. You didn't even know it. Love yeah, it. He's one of he's one of the good ones. Oh, he's the he's successful. the great. But to be I, fair, the most influential one and the most successful one is will always be Roger Goodell. In terms of money value, absolutely. Always will be Roger Goodell. But I think in terms of getting things done, like things bet better for the game, like just cha- like willing oh, to change the game, the game. Yeah, like willing to change the game. Rob Manfred still. Oh no, he's way in the basement. And Manfred's probably talking, last. He's a talking robot. And yeah, Manfred's last. Before he gives like the trophy away. Like if I had to rank him, it would probably be Silver. Yeah. Goodell. Is is Manfred really gonna be four? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't change anything. You're right, Manfred's four. I mean, because baseball and hockey, they're comparable in terms of like revenue and stuff like that. The NHL, I mean, they've made some change. But yeah, you're right. Manfred's last. You're right. You're right. You're right, Peter. All right, moving on here. Let's talk a little bit of baseball because we were just talking about Rob Manford. Wander Franco just got paid. 12 years, 223 million, 185 guaranteed. Tampa Ray is actually throwing out some cash. What were your thoughts? I mean, it's a, it's a big steal. He wasn't going to go to arbitration for, I think, like, till like 2024, and he was going to be a free agent until 2027. I mean, it's a steal. It reminds me of the Acuna deal. Way back in the day, the Austin Alves deal. Yep. And even the Tatis deal. I mean, they're just taking home down discounts now. I mean, he's going to be a – he already kind of is a star in this league. He's a Red Sox killer. He's one of the good ones. I mean, he should have won rookie of the year. I don't get how a Rosarena can win rookie of the year, but that's fine. But, no, I mean, I, I like it. Yeah, I, I will say it's becoming a trend in baseball. These younger players in, like, their early 20s, taking these 10-year deals, which have lower AAVs than they would probably get in the open market. Like if he took a four-year deal, for example, uh, when he became a free agent at his age 25 season or age 26 season, he would get, I think, twice the money he received now. Yeah, but I think these guys want their money up front, I think, especially with the uncertainty surrounded a potential lockout. I think that has a lot to do with it because I think there's a lot of news circulating around that. I think Nate Olshan in his article on dailygoats.com did a pretty good job describing how it could unfold. Well, that's why a lot of people are signing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Before we get into our NFL picks of the week, let's talk a little college football because we haven't talked about it in a couple weeks. 
while the college football playoff is coming quick, Peter, before we know it, we're going to be talking about the top four that the committee has released. And the committee, I'll, I'll read you the top six that the committee currently has. And this week's games has big implications. Uh, Georgia is number one. Ohio State is number two. Alabama is number three. Cincinnati's number four. Michigan's number five. And Notre Dame's number six. So this week is huge because Michigan plays Ohio State and Alabama plays Auburn. Uh, we all know that Auburn has always been a thorn. In, I, I don't want to say always, but has been a thorn in Alabama's side on a couple of different occasions. And Ohio State continuously demolishes Michigan on a yearly basis. But could this be the year that little brother finally defeats big brother? Jim Harbaugh, can he finally stand up to Ohio State? So, no. Peter, I'm going to ask you to guess the current spread on Michigan-Ohio State. I'll play it safe. Se- seven. It shouldn't be that high. You think it's seven? Yeah. Okay, do you want, you want to guess again or do you want me to give you the answer? No, you can give me it. It shouldn't be that high. Michigan is plus five. eight and a half. Eight and a half? Eight and a half. The game is in Michigan, I believe. I think that's too high. Like, so, all right, Peter, who wins the game? Ohio State. Show me one time Michigan you can do. do it. Does Michigan cover? No. So Ohio State just to get yeah, another year. One, listen, show me one time. Tell you what, if they're going to, if Harbaugh and company are going to do it, this is the year to do it. Uh, they played well all season long. Uh, they have one loss. They've beaten good teams. They've been in it. Harbaugh's proved the doubters wrong like us. And if he comes out and he beats Ohio State, they're in the college football playoff. And <sighs> Harbaugh is finally did what he was brought into Michigan to do. Listen, I'm going to root for Alabama because that's what I do. Yeah, me too. We didn't anybody, but is is it Georgia's gonna win? Atlanta's so, gonna have two teams that win the okay. national championships this year, really? Okay, so Alabama, so it happens almost every year. On like that's just how it goes with the SEC. So Alabama clinched uh, the SEC West. Yeah. So they're gonna represent the SEC West. Now Georgia already clinched the other side of the SEC, so they're gonna play each other in the SEC championship. Now Georgia is a team that is currently the one seed, right? They're the one seed, but yeah, they if Al- what was that? Yeah, they haven't lost, right? They haven't lost. Yeah. Now Alabama has one loss, right? But if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia, in my opinion, in my estimation, will still be in. Oh yeah. Because yeah. they'll only have yeah. one loss, and that's it's kind of happened the last couple of years. So I imagine the same trend will happen this year. But if Alabama loses, they're out. That's two losses. You're out. And Alabama actually dropped. They were two, and now they dropped to three after Ohio State demolished uh, Michigan State. So. You want my dream scenario, like dream scenario, but we need a couple things to happen. Sure. Okay, so this it all starts with this week. Uh, Michigan beats Ohio State, but the game's close. Uh, next week, Alabama beats Georgia. Cincinnati somehow gets upset, or the committee kind of falls out of favor with Cincinnati. That's gonna that's gonna happen no matter what. They don't want Cincinnati in the playoff. I don't think. And then your college football playoff would be Alabama one, Michigan two. Georgia three, Ohio State four. Dream scenario. You have four blue chip programs. Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban. Like you got all, all that there. And you have a lot of that interesting storylines. Cause in the first round you would have, so you'd have the one seed versus the four seed. So you'd have Alabama versus Ohio State and then Michigan versus Georgia. Like, I think that would be so cool. But Cincinnati, I know we're kind of crapping on them. They're a pretty good team. Oh, no, they are, but I think the college committee hates them. And you want my prediction of how it's going to go? I'm going to say, I'll, I'll save you that. I'll save you. We'll save it for another week. 
But you're going. But you're picking Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, Ohio State. By, and by you're Ohio. gonna pick Alabama over Auburn. Yeah. Okay. All right, Peter. Let's get into our picks of the week. So this week's gonna be a little different. Uh, we're gonna release on our initial graphic that we post on social media. Um, well, actually, Peter, we'll end up posting both. But for like the initial, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Thumbnail. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to have the Thanksgiving games up there. So we're going to give you three Thanksgiving picks and then two picks for Sunday's slate. Uh, so five in total. So let's see if we do better than one and four and two and three this week. All right, I'll start. Uh, first game for Thanksgiving is the Detroit Lions, home against the Chicago Bears. And I'm going to go with the Lions plus three. I know it's an unpopular pick. I know I'm going to get a text from Noah of Roughing the Basket because he told me not to do it, and I'm doing it anyway. Reason being, I think Matt Nagy is coaching for his job, and I think the players already tuned him out. Job already. He could have already lost his job. Andy Dalton will start for the Chicago Bears. Uh, He played okay against the Ravens this past week. They should have won that game, and they didn't. And I think the Lions are going to be readied up by Dan Campbell. Jared Goff looks like he's going to play, and I know Goff hasn't played well. I know the Lions' passing offense has been really pedestrian the last month, to say the least. But I think the Lions win. I think they do it. Me too. I have the Lions plus three as well. No, you can yell at me too. I think the Lions actually found out that they can run the ball with DeAndre Swift, and he's the answer to all their prayers. I don't think the Bears can move the ball in this game unless you want to slow ground and pound with David Montgomery. I, I, I mean, I think that Mooney is going to get him some, but that, that's all they have. I think they have a ton of just fast guys like the streakers. I don't think Andy Dalton can hit them. So, yeah, I – Listen, if you look at the Lions' schedule, this is their last chance if they want to win. So, actually, you know what? I'm going to push back on just what you said for a second because me and Noah were talking about that. And he said this is not the last chance. He said they play Atlanta, who he thinks they have a shot with, Denver. And he said week 17, if Green Bay has everything clinched, they could play Jordan Love. That doesn't matter. They will not (laughs) beat Jordan Love. They will not beat Jordan Love. I'm sorry. I guess that tells you how Noah feels about Jordan Love. Shout out Rough in the Basket. Fantastic podcast. Noah and Brandon Carr do a phenomenal job. Okay. Uh, second game, uh, the Raiders, Vegas Raiders heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. This game has kind of lost a little bit of shine because the Raiders have kind of turtled the last couple weeks, losing to the Chiefs and then losing to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Raiders plus seven and a half. I like the Cowboys to win the game, but I think the Raiders win in the spread. Uh, the Cowboys are missing a lot of pieces on offense. Uh, CeeDee Lamb's out, like I mentioned. Amari Cooper's out. Uh, Zeke Elliott, Tony Power, they haven't run the ball really well as of late. And I think the Raiders are going to throw the ball a ton. I think this game is going to be closer than people anticipate. And I think the Cowboys probably win like 31-28, 31-27. And I think the Raiders are going to put up points. I think this game is going to be a shootout. uh, But I think ultimately the Raiders cover. I think seven and a half is a lot of points. And um, I don't think the Raiders are going to get blown out for, what, a fourth consecutive game here? No, I do. I don't trust this Raiders defense. I have the Cowboys minus seven and a half. I wish it was minus seven, but it's it's fine. I, I just think the Cowboys, they need to show up. They need to beat on a bad team. And as I said, like three weeks in a row, I'm pretty sure that it's just all catch up for the Raiders. You can't lose your coach. You can't lose your star wide receiver. You can't lose your yeah your first your first round cornerback exactly. You can't. It's all catching up to them. Yeah. And, this is how they are. I mean, they start off the year five and one, whatever it is, and then they just scuffle right down the stretch. And my prediction is going to be right. They're going to go like zero oh and six the last like six games. Yeah, and, the, and my ultimate prediction that the Raiders will be the most disappointing team in football. I guess it'll come sort of fruition. Uh, I tell you what, if they were Cowboy, if the Cowboys were favored by seven, 
I wouldn't be in love with this. But the seven and a half's got me. That's two scores. That's got me. Uh, the nightcap on Sunday Night Football broadcasted by Drew Brees and Mike Tirico this week. Um, the New Orleans Saints will host the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills need a win here. Uh, but one thing will be certain in my estimation, I'm going to hit the over for this game. Uh, I'm going to go over Bills Saints over 45 and a half. Uh, Josh Allen in the Bills offense, they're going to need to put up points. I know the Saints are missing a ton of pieces offensively. Mark Ingram might be out. Alvin Kamara is out. So I like the Bills to win this game, but I think they're going to put up enough points to hit the over for me. I think it's probably going to be a score of, I'm going to say 27 to 20. Bills win. I, I don't agree with the Bills win. I think the Saints, I have the Saints plus six. I think the Saints are on their last leg. They have to win. They've lost three in a row. Their injury is obviously catching up to them. You're gonna, I, I think you're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill in this game. Paid man. I mean, he's got hey, a right, yeah. whole contract center. I think Sean Payton is going to pull out with something. And Bills, you got to show me one time you can beat a uh, confident team. They have, they have the second best defense in the whole entire league, I think. The Saints, the they're, they're not bad. I mean, and plus yeah. six, a lot of points. So you like to so tell you what, Peter, I've rode the Saints the last couple of weeks on the podcast. I have, you know, I have. And it didn't work for me last week. I kind of got mocked by it, by other people. But I hope, I hope for your sake. And listen, even if the Bills lose on Thursday, they're still not dead. It's fine. Oh, no, no, they're not dead by any means. But if they lose to the Saints, <sighs> yeah, but like they still you, you lose to Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I know. You lose to Trevor Simeon and no Kamara. And no Michael Thomas, and no Mark Ingram. Cam Jordan's banged up. Like all this, you know, like it's a lot. So that'd be a bad loss. And then my two picks for Sunday, uh, I like the Bucks minus three uh, over the Colts. They're going to Indianapolis. Indianapolis has been rolling. They really have. But I think the Bucks can win this game by a touchdown. I really do. I think the Bucks offense is clicking with Rob Gronkowski finally healthy. Uh, the Bucks defense they looked well against Danny. Uh, Jones, Danny Jones. I was going to call him Danny Dimes, but he's not Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones. Um, yeah, so I like the Bucks here, minus three. I think overall in his career, Tom Brady has done pretty well against the Colts, especially in Indianapolis. I have the Chargers minus three versus the Broncos. I I, I think the Broncos are way over it. I think they've hit their wall, and I, I'm pretty – Listen, I, I think the two, uh, the Chargers are going to go on a run. Uh, hey, you've been backing the Chargers for a long yeah. time. So, I, I I mean, you've been backing them. So, my last pick for Sunday's slate, I kind of teased it earlier. I like the Steelers plus four against the Bengals. I think the Bengals ultimately win the game, I think. But I think the Steelers, overall, they play well against the Bengals throughout their history. Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin as an underdog, they against the spread, they've been really well in their careers, and I like them here at plus four. Uh, Cincinnati's coming off a pretty nice win against the Raiders, and I think they kind of, I don't want to say overlook this game, but I don't know if how serious they're going to take the Steelers team because they already played them earlier in the year, and the game did not pan out in favor for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they kind of got uh, shelled 24 to 10. But I like the Steelers this week. I really do. How about you? What's your last pick? My premium pick this week is the Pats minus six. I know it's a lot of points, but listen, Titans, their defense is not good. They have no receivers. A.J. Brown, if he's going to play, I think he's going to get a shot of a J.C. Jackson, and he's not 100%. Julio Jones is dead. Derrick Henry's dead, obviously. You say A.J. Brown's hurt? 
Yeah, AJ Brown has a rib injury. I don't think he's gonna play. Oh no, the Pat, Pats uh, escape again. I mean, they're at home. They'll just do their thing. They'll figure it out. I mean, Mike Gravel will give them some problems, but I, I think they're way too injured. And I think that their injuries are gonna catch up to them. The only thing that pauses me about this game is Mike Vrabel. I think he, Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in this league, especially against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. He's always played them well, especially in that game we went to back in 2019, Peter, in the wild card game. Uh, Mike Vrabel's game plan was awesome. I just don't know who Ryan Tannehill is going to throw to. You're right. You're Even right. Mike That's, again, ball off I look at Mike Vrabel and I see promise, and then I look at Ryan Tannehill, who has showed some flaws, who has been intercepted more than any quarterback in the league, who's been sacked by, I believe, more than anyone in the league. And now he's going to be asked to like, do it by itself. It, with no run game. Yeah. I know it's tough. But I, I, wouldn't pa- I wouldn't put it past Vrabel because I think Vrabel could potentially give Mac Jones some issues. All right, Peter, let's end the show with some fun Thanksgiving talk. Peter, give me your Thanksgiving stuff. What do you like about – what's your favorite food for Thanksgiving? Stuffing is not close. Okay, what's your favorite side? Stuffing. That's, so that's your favorite side and – okay. That is a side. Wait, what? So that's your favorite everything. I, yeah, I mean, listen, you can get some mac and cheese. You can get some cran- – do you like cranberry sauce? No. Why? I just don't. Oh, my God, you're just like your brother. Sorry. But no, a cranberry sauce is lit. I mean, the worst part of Thanksgiving is turkey. I disagree. I like turkey. I do. No, listen. You... The same thing that I, I said on the bow sock. Listen, there's there's no a time that you want to have turkey. You just yeah tomorrow uh, Thursday. Uh, yeah tomorrow. No, I know you just are supposed to have turkey. What? How often do you have turkey? Doesn't count in a once sandwich. a year. No, once a year. Once right. a year. Uh, I'll be completely transparent. Once a year. Chicken's way better than turkey. Yeah, I, I I agree, but I think it's nice. Uh, I like it. I have no gripes with it. Um, now, tying this back to the sports world a little bit, Matt Judon in a press conference yesterday said he hates mac and cheese. He said it's overrated. He said you won't find it at his house. It's just cheese and noodles. It sucks, this and that. And he's got a lot of flack. Uh, Kyle Duggar kind of made fun of him, Dante Hightower, a couple of guys on ESPN. Uh, what do you think of mac and cheese? I mean, mac and cheese is the best food ever. Ooh, ever. and I'm lactose intolerant. Ever. Ooh, that's what. I, it's the best what, food ever. And I will say, I do not should be arrested for saying that. If mac mac and cheese is made correctly, I'm on board with you. If mac and cheese is kind of just why you just put in a thing, you put a ton of cheese in, you put like cream, and then you like put some breadcrumbs, you bake it. You yeah, but like if you don't put the breadcrumbs, you don't put enough, it'll suck. Like I think I, if it's homemade and it's really good, I'm with yeah. you. Well, no, but if like, it's not, then it sucks. Like you get out of there. But like. Yeah, no, but like you can, yeah. Okay, uh, what about... What's your, what's your favorite food? <sighs> mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving mashed potatoes. Yep, classic mashed potatoes gravy. That's classic. What about pie? Pie? Uh, pumpkin pie is good. Apple pie is good. Blueberry pie is good. Chocolate cream pie is good. Can I give you... Oh, chocolate cream is good. Can I give you one off the radar that my uh, uh, mother usually makes? Oreo pie. How'd you know? So I hate Justin. Right. I hate I love Justin. Oreo pie. I that's can't my, stand Justin. That's my favorite pie ever. And I he doesn't even eat it. it. I eat it. Jerk. Listen, you want to have this debate too. It, that's the same thing as chocolate cream pie. Just yeah, basically. Yeah, I'm not gonna. All right. Yeah. Justin's like, no, it's not. No, it's no. Not. I mean, it's, it's a little different. It's different. It's a little different. It's not the same. But like, I understand your. I, I'm not gonna argue oh, like, that they're I completely know, different. Oreo like Oreo pie is great. Uh, what else? Thanksgiving. Days, <sighs> trying to think what else. You like you a corn guy? Corn? I mean, that's unlimited food, right? You corn on the cob or you 
No, no, like, no. That's way too much work. That's not on Thanksgiving. No, get the cob out. Cobs only in the summertime. If you go to Chili's with the boys, something like that. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Um, trying to think what else. <laughs> what do you drink at Thanksgiving? Cider? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> the sparkling like cider thing. Come on. No, I, I mean no. I typically don't know. Probably have a nice Coca Cola. Oh my god. Like you, are you surprised? You guys are all you guys are all the same. Why would it Justin say? Water and Coke as his beverages of choice. He doesn't even drink soda. He's fake news. Boring. I drink soda, you know that. Yeah, I know. So yeah, um rank your Thanksgiving foods one through three. Stuffing, mac and cheese, and probably potato. Potatoes, turkey. Corn. Do you like green bean casserole? No. No, I don't like that. No. No. I like green beans. Uh, I just don't like the casserole thing. No. How do you make your stuffing? Is it Portuguese? Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge stuffing fan. I'm not I'm just not. You gotta put sauce in there. You gotta do the French way. I know I know Pombo's listen. You're not gonna do the French way, but Yeah, I mean we do the we do the Portuguese way and I don't I don't know um yeah, I don't really. I'm not a huge shop. Uh, not a really huge fan. So, yeah, but uh, that's our Thanksgiving segment. So, anything else on Thanksgiving, Peter? Turkey legs. Oh, I usually like that. I usually kind of try to clean that, like the drumstick you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I usually fight for that. That's probably, in my opinion, that's one of the most underrated part of the turkey. You do the wishbone thing. Uh, I don't believe, I don't, I mean, if we do, I don't think it's a huge deal, but yeah, that's all we got for Thanksgiving folks. So I hope everyone has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Pombo and Peter's picks wishes you the best in terms of your football and food endeavors. Um, so we'll be back next week, probably on regular Thursdays, but who the hell knows nowadays? No, no, who cares? Yeah. We'll see how it flames out, but yeah. uh, Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah. Anything else, Peter? Stay thankful. Yeah, that was a good one, Peter. I was hoping you'd do that. Yeah.